Hey everybody, how y'all doing? This is Ben. And I'm Dak. And together we are the guys who did this. And today we will be continuing our exciting journey through The Expanse Book 2, chapters 12 through 17. Boom. Um, warning, we will be covering adult subjects and also discussing spoilers for both the books and the TV show. It starts to get pretty different. Yeah, right the, definitely. You're going to have to speak more to that because I haven't watched the show in a oh, while. I just watched it. I'm ready. But you are? Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I do not remember exactly what happens in the show. But it's fine. I'll blow your mind. Good. Wow. Rax is a functioning human being in the show. (laughs) Is he? Yeah. That's really surprising. He like has it together. He's like, he's more of a, um, so in the, in the books, he's like a crazy dude who's just trying to get his kid back. And in the show, he's more like, uh, that show taken. He's more like kind of a badass. (laughs) He's, he's, he honestly is similar. He has, he has it more together. So he's not like. He's not quite the like badass that Liam Neeson is, but he's um he's not like a crazy dude. He doesn't know what he's oh doing. Oh my god. We need to make a picture of Max's <laughs> face on Liam Neeson saying <laughs> that's a good idea. Write that down. I'm running down. I'll write that down. I need to start making more memes for podcasts. That's a really good one. That one I never made the cowboy hat Miller one. I need to do that still. Yeah. I was gonna do that. It was hard. The cowboy hats weren't um <laughs> I couldn't find a good picture to line the cowboy hats up with. I'm not a, not a master meme. It's hard. Creator, but it's honestly it hard. hard. Meme creators have a tough job. They do. They do. Support your local meme producer. <laughs> wow, it's honest work. <laughs> it's not much, but it's honest work. True. Excellent. Okay. Well, uh, with that, with that behind us. Are we ready to start with chapter 12? Yes. All right. Well, let's get right into it. All right. And so we are on chapter 12, which is an Avasarala chapter. Um, And we'll do a quick rundown of this chapter. Um, We start off with uh, Christian at her house with her husband, Arjun, and some of her grandchildren, two of them specifically. Uh, She is having a good day playing with her grandkids, but she gets a call from a certain Gloria Tenenbaum, who's in the government, and she um, calls her a, a very um, unliked word, which is a synonym for vagina. Um, really? Says, it says that in the book? Straight up. Oh, yeah. Straight I up. I didn't even notice that. I must be dissatisfied. These, these blanks are ruining my day with my grandchildren. I mean... Great line, great line for her. She's not wrong not wrong <laughs> in, in other countries it's used more in slang than uh us but true true yeah assumedly the australian usage of it has taken over the world at this point um <laughs> the future <laughs> everybody needed the future the this way it was supposed future. to be perfect all need. um but yeah so um mrs tenenbaum Let's her know that UN military ships, more UN military ships, are being sent to Ganymede by Admiral Nguyen. Uh, Abbas Rowland did not want this to happen. 
Um, so she begins, she, she plays with her grandkids more. They get p- picked up by her daughter. They say hi. They say goodbye. And then she begins to plot and scheme ways to get these ships to turn around, which she's able to do quite easily, I will say. Um, the, the next day, she is, I, she's either in her office or still at home. I don't actually, I can't really tell. I think she's in her office. I think she goes into work. Um, she is reviewing footage of the Ganymede attack, and she's thinking about the situation on Venus. Uh, she has a conversation with Aaron Wright where she lets him know about what she's done to get the, um, the UN ships to, to not go to Ganymede. And Aaron Wright has, uh, you know, words for her, wisdom for her. It's interesting. She, she clearly trusts him a lot. It's an interesting relationship that they have, which will be fun to explore later in this book. Yeah. Um, and then Soren pops in, lets her know that Nguyen has complained to Aaron Wright officially, but, and that also the Martian delegation has arrived at the at earth so that's our quick summary um things that i things that i want to touch on for this chapter that are interesting so this is kind of the i actually can't remember if this is the very first time but we get abstrala hanging out with arjun and her family and arjun is like a great he's a great dude he's so chill i love arjun he's a professor i believe and he teaches like like historical literature or poetry or something like that so He's just living the life like he, he he is the powerful one. She's on the she's in the rat race. She's managing the, the politics of the solar system. And Arjun's just fucking writing poems. Is it in this which chapter is awesome. where Avasar is like complaining to him? And then he's like, do you understand anything I said? And he kind of like regurgitates it back. And she's like, you know what that means? He's like, nope. I'm nope. busy l- reading about this poet over here. <laughs> he's busy. He's busy reading about post lyricism. Yes. Awesome. Sounds great. <laughs> I would love to do that right now. She says, you live in your own world, dear one. So, yes, I need, That's I need I me a relationship like Christian and Arjun. They're great. Um, she also clearly loves playing with her grandkids and hanging out with her grandkids, which is also very wholesome, which there's not, we don't get a ton of wholesome Abhisarala in her work life. So um, it is good to see. Oh, one of her grandkids literally throws a water balloon at her in her house like and she doesn't get mad about that that's kind of crazy like think about if you threw a water oh, balloon she... at your parents within the house it would be like game over for it most does kids. tickle them yeah but i mean that's not like punishment i mean that's like <laughs> my, my dad would punch me probably like, <laughs> yeah what about your grandparents bl- like i don't well i don't i wouldn't have done it to my grandparents they're too old so i that, it actually feels mean now that i think <laughs> about it <laughs> like gotcha grandma can you imagine just whipping a water <laughs> grandma? Yeah, that's pretty messed up, actually. Okay, so her grandkids are savage, what we've learned. Um, I think they're between, like, 8 and 10. Um, we don't learn much about her daughter here. It's just she's just mentioned in past her son-in-law um, dropping off and picking up her grandkids. But uh, this is her... She, she does really enjoy this downtime uh, with the fam. They, her and Arjun also have a, a a funny little conversation about what it means to like be what what is the exact words that they use about being wealthy or being um oh where they have the thing I mean, about like living in a small, small house, house. Is a luxury. yes yeah uh huh and and Oscar was like no the fuck it's not 
But she's like, mm, but living in a small house with a lot of money, that is luxury. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm not they sure the point of that. Like, <laughs> like, what were they trying to get at there? The classic philosophical debate. I'm actually not sure. They also mentioned a big yard is a luxury, which I, which in, in, our, in the UN it probably is. Yes, um, for sure. But yeah, it's very, um, it is very, uh, that's a weird little conversation that they have, but it's funny. And it kind of just, I don't know. They, they, it just shows that they think differently, but they get along um, very well still. Um, so the after, what's another thing that goes on? Um, you know what? I have to pause again, Dak. I hear a bunch of whining uh, coming okay. from my living room, so I'm going to be right back. Yes. Um, another thing to talk about in this chapter um, is kind of the the infighting and the political factions of Christian versus Admiral Nguyen and Aaron Wright kind of above both of them. Um, obviously, so Nguyen is like a part of the military. Like he is an admiral. He is like a high. I, I'm assuming that that is like, I guess I, I'm assuming that we have admirals. I only know this kind of more about like in an army, like they, there's the generals, right? There, we have like generals and that's going to like, the highest level of the army is admiral that is essentially general but for the navy i'm not sure if you know that commander of a fleet or naval squadron naval okay. officer with a high rank so i think it's just like leader of the navy he's specifically i don't think he's the leader but he's one of the because there's other admirals that we meet in yeah, this yeah. it's just book. it's a very high rank in the navy specifically i believe which yeah. kind of makes sense since most of the like, right. at this point, most of the fighting is in space, which is, they call the Navy. Yeah. Still, so, not like, basically, he, he's, like, a military general. Like, yeah. when we think about that terms, that is what I kind of picture when One I picture this guy. One of the big boys. Guy. Yeah. Um, Boy pants. And he is sending, you know, he has essentially sent ships, not a ton, but enough to be aggressive to Ganymede. And Avastralla finds this out with uh this Tenenbaum person who I don't think is super important but is but does oh wait is Gloria the one that comes back later in the Maybe. election? I think Could she be. is actually um, they do that they drop they just drop random names and then bring them back all the time. They're very good at that. Um but yeah so um Avasarala is very much while she is very uh brash or very you know very prickly and and mean a lot. She is definitely not a war hawk. I I believe is what we learn at least right now. Um, she's she she is ca- I think she's cautious. I think she's more cautious than we maybe would think based on her personality. I think she doesn't um, want people. I think she generally doesn't want people to die. To be, yeah, be honest. Yeah. Like um, because you even in later books, it's uh she's she's like this. It's very weird because she's this cunning like politician. But it's seemingly she's doing it for altruistic. Excuse me, I had something in my throat. Altruistic purposes of yeah. like, right. I want what's best for like my family and and everyone on Earth, and not like to gain power. Even though she, but she does it by gaining a lot, a lot of power. A lot of power, which is yeah. And fun. she mentioned that specifically that she's trying to make a better world for her kids and grandkids. And and as we learn later, it's also partially a result of her son being killed. Yeah, um, that is kind of the what has caused her worldview to kind of be like that. 
Um, but yeah, so she, the second that she finds out that these ships are being sent again, I mean, she begins to immediately like work on pulling them back and kind of pulling this thing apart. Yeah. So she, we get, we get like a really, you know, they run through how she's able to do this. And we learn that she just, she's basically able to like pull the strings. She has so much influence and power now. She's able to just pull the strings of government like with ease. She's like, no problem. She has so many connections. She knows so many people. One of the ships she's able to like, um, she has mechanics on that ship that she somehow has influence over. They find a log or like some sort of panel or screw that was not updated correctly, which I'm sure on a sh- I'm sure all ships have that and it's not perfect, but they just try to get it as good as they can. But basically they're able to find something that wasn't uh, replaced recently enough and she gets it she essentially gets the ship recalled back to the UN uh, mandatory recall. So she pulls that ship out of this convoy. Uh, another one she she knows the captain of some sort or she figures out who the captain is. He's like a pretty chill guy. She like promotes him to be a head of some committee and she they that ship has to come back to do some to get uh essentially like go to this new ceremony now to make sure that this guy gets the yeah. head of his committee. Um and then she like other ones she figures out a new way and then eventually this this convoy that was like six I think like six or seven ships is now like a medical ship a ship a support ship and one <laughs> small combo or one small other ship and so it's not like a military um it's not like a threatening military right now now that there's not enough ships uh going to the enemy so she she i mean she's able to do this within like a few hours basically so this is it's not really that hard for her to be able to pull these back um and yeah and basically and, and her thought is that Nguyen must think that Mars has caused or has is the aggressor in the situation. If he's responding this way, he, he, Nguyen must think for some reason that the attack on Ganymede was caused by Mars, and that's why he's done this. And she still doesn't think that. Um, so well, that's why I thought she's... they they have the the freaking video of the monster. Oh, but they think that Mars did it. But it's they still... think that Mars like released it of some sort, or or that it was like a Martian weapon. I think that's what she's assuming that Nguyen thinks. Yep. Um. So that is the play. That's the politics happening there. The I don't know. I don't. What's the, the word I'm thinking of? The scheming. The scheming that's happening. Uh, for both those two. She after all this, she immediately discusses it with Aaron. Right. So, um, she clearly has no problem telling all these things to Aaron, right? Who is her boss, um, basically. So yeah, she's got no secrets from him right now. It's weird that she stuff. trusts him so much. She really does. She I really think, trusts Well, him. she starts, you see her start not trusting him, and then, right. I mean, overall figuring it out. But uh, at that point, it is weird late. how much she gives to Aaron, right? She's got no reason to not trust him right now, I think, right? Because right. there's been... But it's just interesting. I don't know. But she, I guess she does figure it out. So we'll we'll let her figure it out. But uh, right, um, it's it is interesting watching her put those pieces together of like, oh, uh, yeah, this guy uh has been like lying to my face and like <laughs> like one conversation specifically late specifically later. I'm excited to to go through when he yeah when they both know that each other know and they're like having this <laughs> yeah. like whatever conversation like dancing around that they each know they're basically on opposite sides um right right it's uh it's good stuff 
Right. Yeah, no, those two are very good. I love the political drama. It's so good. It, it rivals um, the Phantom Menace. Trade <laughs> routes. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Great. Very important stuff. Um through the conversation with Anne still, we we she is also clearly very worried and concerned about Venus, which continues to be like very fucked up and weird, and no one knows what's happening on Venus. And she clearly relates the attack on Mars to Venus, which which is good. Yeah. Um, but but she is still very closely relating those two. But obviously, no one really, still no one really knows what's going on now on Venus. Uh, but they they the structures are there on Venus. They are being built, and, and no one knows why so or what is doing it. Yeah, um, and it's kind of it's almost a false. It's not really a false flag because, um, like Venus, we we found out later that Venus didn't create this thing. Um, right. Like it's it's a proto molecule, obviously, or made from the proto molecule, obviously. But it's not like Venus didn't spit this dude out. Right. Um, which is like like she said, good news, because <laughs> that means <laughs> this mega alien thing isn't attacking them. It's just another person. But yep. Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess that's interesting that. She's like connecting with Venus, but it's almost like a false flag because a red herring. It's a red a, herring because yeah, it's, it's somebody controlling that proto molecule, right. not just like right. coming of its own. Um, fruition. Right, the right word. But maybe. we we do basically learn that. Like, I mean, that's also Aaron Wright is keeping a bunch of info from her. Um, oh yeah, if I remember correctly. So much. There info. are people that there are people that do know what is going on and that this. Uh, for sure, related to certain yeah, things, but Holden she is not one of them. Holden and Hobbs and most of our main characters are not in the loop. Actually, yeah, everyone. So, and those are kind of the main. Those are the the fun parts of this chapter. I like it. Everybody um, get attached to uh, to Ajun. He's great. I'm pronouncing that right. Everybody, make know, sure they I'm get real attached to him Ajun. and all the Ajun. children. Just, uh, that won't come back to haunt anybody. Oh, great never. stuff! When? What? Why would it? I don't know. It, it beats me, it man. Nothing that ever gets mentioned in this book ever comes back. Oh, man! There's a lot of details. Specifically, but... not to be like main characters in later books. Yeah, that never, <laughs> that never happens. Right, <laughs> hasn't happened once. Uh, and that's the yeah. That is the end of uh, chapter twelve. That is Love it. the end. It's hard. <laughs> This is meta. It's hard to talk about Avasar list chapters, um, because they're so hard. She's so much so, smarter than I can talk about. I don't. I don't even. Yeah, it's like it gets really into like politics and how she's handling the situations, and these, uh, those ones, and then any action scenes are the hardest to do. Is mm-hmm. what I've found. Yes, so. for sure. Oh man, the later in this, you're gonna see how well I do these action scenes well i have one too yeah it's I've hard got... to it's hard to understand uh but who cares uh, <laughs> i certainly don't the uh next scene not really an action scene but we get to we get a lot of good things in here uh we got holden um so he's he's kind of brought Brax back into the ship um gives him the place to shower and and kind of clean up before they before they figure stuff out and it's kind of interesting how like they've never really taken anybody in before, so it's interesting that they do this. But uh, yeah, I guess continuing. They took, boy, they, they took our boy Miller in. They 
Kinda. But Miller is a like, he had that cool hat. And then <laughs> they kind of bonded. A little. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Miller was also dying. This is the second time they've taken in like a dying, <laughs> a dying person. <laughs> yeah, they didn't really have so, much choice. Yeah. Um, but they go so their main purpose here is to go see the hacker that Prax had talked to before. They're gonna give him chicken, um, and find out where his kid went. Uh, so they go do that. Uh, in doing this, Amos beats the shit out of him with some chicken, which is great. And then uh, they he gets them to show show them walking, um, and they they find out they walk into one of those tunnels that Prax had mentioned earlier is like the old Ganymede station that's unused, um, and they confirm that there's no. Uh, there's no like camera system in there, so they can't like follow them through there. But they 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 at least know where they entered and can probably figure out from there. Maybe hopefully. Um. So yeah, that's the plan. They plan to go in there, with the strike team, um, and uh, see what's up. Uh, what's 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 great here? Like I said before, in the in the freaking TV show, Prax is he's kind of like got it together, like. Like he is Liam Neeson without the he doesn't have like gun skills and stuff still, but like he's he knows what he's doing. And in this he's like he's a mess. You should <laughs> like in the in the book, so so I talked before, Amos, uh the the hacker dude starts playing hardball with Holden when he's like basically asking him to help them out. He's like, Hey, we got you the chicken, can you help us out? The hacker dude is kinda leasing him. He's like, I don't know if I can do it for this much chicken. And then Amos just beats the crap out of him. In yep. the book, it's actually Prax who pulls Amos off and is like, dude, we need him. Um, but in this, it's it's Holden. And I think that's it's definitely like a huge difference <laughs> there as far as like like the book Prax would would not do that. Like he's too in shock and like The book Prax just can't function. Barely like, knows what's not, going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's also like they describe how like skinny he is because he he basically hasn't been eating, uh, one because of lack of food and two because he's just focused on getting his his girl back, um, which is wild okay. and and not fun. And then, oh man! Also, they talk about how so Holden sees how like out of whack Prax is, and he's like strangely jealous of the fact that he like. That like Prax has somebody he cares about enough to be that messed up, <laughs> which is like a weird thing to think about. Like he's he's jealous that Prax is that messed up um, over something. I too would love to kill myself over <laughs> over something I care about that is lost. <laughs> it, it yeah, I mean, don't we all? Pretty fucked. Pretty fucked. It's it's a weird thing. I've mean, it's a weird thing to put in the book, and also like it's an unhealthy mindset. <laughs> that's like say the, the say the least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's correct, my guy. I'm not. Uh, sure we also get right. some nice Holden and Naomi hug scenes, which is cute, and also uh, you point that out. You gotta you gotta point it out. Well, it's kind of important in this book because of what happens yeah, that's later. True. Uh, so they are on okay terms. Um, the other thing to note here is how much Holden is, 
I mean, we've been saying this before, but like Holden's kind of turning into Miller here in his like okayness with violence. Like, I don't think Holden lets Amos just beat the crap out of this dude. I mean, he did pull him off after a sec, but I don't think he like <laughs> I don't think he lets Amos go as far as he did um in the first book. I mean, like this is the guy who was like, "What the fuck? You just shot him after the after Miller like executes <laughs> those guards." After also after Miller executes the literal mass like million mass murderer mm -hmm. uh, because he's getting convinced that he did nothing wrong. Yeah, so, but let's just beat this poor kid over the head with chicken. <laughs> this is fine. Like that's fine. okay. I pretend. And and later it gets even worse. Even in these chapters, like he's Holden's uh, yep. not a good. He's he's like Anakin in the Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> You're either with me. Or against me! You've changed. Yeah. <laughs> You've gone down a path I cannot follow. Pretty, pretty much. A lot, though. Of, Star Wars, a lot of Star Wars references today. I know right? this. It's uh, it must be on it's my mind. Ever. Holden, Holden is Holden. Anakin comparison is very good. I think. I think very fun. Yeah. Especially now that I think of this, it's uh, it's kind of lining up. It doesn't line up once we get to. I think this is the end of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, that, this whole but... like turning part. Yeah, <laughs> it's it is pretty not much as it. dramatic. It's definitely not as dramatic as that one, but it's you know, it's there's stuff. There's something there. It's a yeah. main point of this book. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, especially later when yeah, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But it's it's definitely a huge huge point in this book. The the kind of turning of Holden and uh, and how he he deals with with all these situations. Um, Millerification, Jokerfied, Millerfied. He's, he's being Millerfied <laughs> as we speak. Okay, and then also I want to note that Naomi is like, says into Holden's ear while the hacker's like doing it, she's like, you know, I could have done this. And I just would, for one, would like to say, no, you could not. Because you couldn't even open, like, this is my, this is my soapbox and my hill that I'm gonna die Got on. It. Naomi is a bad engineer, and wow. she just like makes up excuses like, "Well, I could have hacked in." <laughs> I don't think she could have. I really don't, I don't think she could have. Being an engineer and a hacker are two totally different things. Hey, man, that's fine. But she like she brags about how she's the best, and she does have some redeeming moments later. But so far, I can count on zero hands how much engineering she has done. Yeah, she doesn't do much engineering. She does the one. The one thing she did was rename the ship that one time. Mm. Um, but Holden she did do all the work, but that was nervous. with the instructions of, um, what's his face? Like, oh, uh, Fred. Freddy, Fred had sent them all the instructions to do that. So, like, could yeah. anyone have done that? Maybe. Uh, I still but, remember when but that's a good point. The... And there's probably probably other points I'm skipping over because I, because I do that. But they handed her the terminal and. She like tried to, she's like, there's a password. I've done all I can do. Yeah. <laughs> I, but again, she's not like, she's not like, uh, she's not like a computer hacker by trade, the, though. The don't don't say, okay, hand it over to me. <laughs> like, if I know, like, I know that I can't hack into a phone. So I'm not going to be like, so if somebody has a phone and is like, ah, I can't get into this. I'm not going to be like, yeah, give it to me. I got it. <laughs> oh, I think that. Oh, there's I a password. <laughs> Naomi is like, they know that Naomi's smart. There. And generally can do things, and so they're like, "Well, I'm stuck." Let's yeah, see what like, let's see if Naomi can do anything. It's like that scene in the first book, how Holden's like pushing. She's like, oh, "Shit, uh, well, who was fucked up?" 
I forget who it was. Amos? Uh, yeah, it was Amos who was fucked up. He had a broken leg, and Holden's like, uh, Naomi, fix this. Naomi. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> and Naomi's uh, like, well, I am not a doctor, so. Yeah. So I think that she falls into that, and she gets asked to do things that she can't necessarily Fair. do. And I don't think it's her fault. Fair. But she's kind and of she bragging can't. here. She's like, well, I could have done this. Um, but but she uh, she doesn't. And the, the hacker does get them in after being beaten to death almost, which is which is good. For our team um we see them leaving with dr strickland again which they have a little note about how like may isn't doesn't seem to be in like duress um so she obviously trusts mr strickland and like they said strickland's like a family friend what's interesting like they discussed this like is if this was a long con this is like a four-year long con because like she's been dr strickland has been the doctor of her and these other kids for like four years or whatever so yep this isn't like a like a spur of the moment thing like i'm gonna be a doctor and then like <laughs> like this right. is like Maybe. he built trust for four years and now is abducting all these kids seemingly she's had this autoimmune system or whatever it is for her whole life yeah so you mean you have to have a doctor for that your whole life so yeah it's not a so we know a new thing we know either dr strickland is evil which means there's a four-year con, which is kind of intense. Like, but also we do. Strickland has a lot of patience. Remember, remember, <laughs> you know, because like he does have like counterpoint seventeen kids or something. Strickland so is like, patient. No, 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 not those patients. Oh, patience oh. <laughs> I thought you're. I thought you're like, dude. He would wait four years. He's super no. patient. No, I'm talking about, <laughs> he deals with kids doctor. all he's the time. Patient. He has many patients, many Fair. children that he works with. So, like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Strickland, we got to remember, Strickland has patience. Uh, no, he's got a lot of kids. Like, May's not the only kid. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. So he, but seemingly, they've all been there for a decent amount. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But if he did have an evil plan, you know, maybe reviewing autoimmune systems and deficiencies as part of it. yes the other the other thing is he could be bought which yeah that too which is still is almost the better better scenario um I, right you would hope that well well i mean it's probably not right? not the better scenario for the kids maybe but the better right. scenario for dr strickland and that he's not like this psychopath crazy dude who's been yeah treating these kids only for the hopes of using them in an experiment which is super messed up when you hey, let me it. if you he's farming if you are on kids. team strickland if you think that strickland if you hope he's not a bad guy i'm you're gonna have a long oh, i can't wait of you can't wait the, for the later dr strickland scenes strickland did nothing wrong <laughs> wow you're gonna re canceled yeah <laughs> um it's a joke. It's, Please. it's a joke. We'll uh, prank. You. It's just a prank, bro. Um, yeah, Doctor Strickland. Pretty, pretty nuts. Yeah, they're putting these pieces together, which is which is fun. It's another kind of mystery, not as good as the first one, but uh, definitely definitely not as much of a fun mystery. As no, the, the it's not it's not nearly as fun because we're just like, who is doing this protomolecule stuff? But we kind of know, and it's uh, right. but still, still good stuff. So good stuff. And they can 
so Naomi did follow the hacker through the systems, which is cool, I guess. I, I, and I, again, points to how bad she is. She needs to follow. <laughs> no. the, but so she can now kind of follow them through the, the whole station um, and kind of acts as who's that? Who's that uh, hacker dude from Kim Possible? Wade. Wade. Yes, he. she is now Wade from Kim Possible. Yep, yep. Uh, she just kind of follows them through from afar and kind of can give them tips. I think she ends up hacking into the uh, the back station too, maybe. Somehow, I forget. Probably. But, uh, yeah, so she's now effectively Wade. And, yeah, they start putting together a plan to to go into the those old tunnels and, and see what's there. And they determine it's either, like, they're like, it's either a bunch of bad dudes or it's empty. Is will be uh fun be either. To find out. 50-50. 50-50. Could be anything. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Same. We'll never know. Me too. No, joking. We will know <laughs> right now. So that brings us to chapter 14, which is a tracks chapter. Um our good boy Prax. Dr. Liam Prax Neeson. Um, so Prax is back on board the Somnambulist. Our crew is back on the ship. He's he's eating some food. He's feeling better. Uh, he is thankfully not starving anymore. Um, Amos and Prax, our our two boys, are having a discussion. They're talking about the the coming mission to find Doctor Strickland and May, and potentially the other kids too. Um, Amos tells Prax that, uh, "Dude, you're not going." You don't know how to use gun. Like you, you're definitely not going, and it's gonna suck. But you just, you just can't go. You're also just like mentally fucked up right now. Uh, Prax is not horribly happy about this. And while these two are arguing, kind of an argument, not really. Uh, Holden and Naomi join, and these two are arguing because Naomi is just very not pleased with how the how James and Amos are are shoot first, ask questions later lately, and that's kind of what we're planning again this time. <laughs> running there with a bunch of guns and again this is not like what holden would do normally but now in the first book this is is like the opposite of how holden this is what miller would want to do every time basically yep i mean not like really but kind of miller would always have a gun because he was a cop and i think that being a cop your brain it's like the it's the hammer nail thing you know like when you have a problem i never shot anybody before right remember Like, like in yeah, I think yeah. I think the key difference is Miller like would go in there knowing, like yeah, I might shoot somebody. Where Holden was like, this is the very last resort, right? Um, right. And this is not the case anymore. It's like the first or second resort. <laughs> like, yep, yep, absolutely. Um, so yeah, Naomi's not super pleased with with the uh, violent nature that Holden and I mean Amos too, but but mainly Holden because Amos was kind of like this already. Um, but he's doing it more because Holden's doing it more. Or they're kind of that's the path they're kind of taking lately. Um, the they're also kind of discussing about the Ganymede station. Uh, they're discussing the death rate because it's going up, which doesn't make any sense to them because they're idiots. But it doesn't <laughs> really, make any sense truly. to them because uh, the fighting happened days ago. So why? <laughs> what's going on? What a silly Morons. take. But <laughs> but it gives prax to. Be smart now that he's eating again and his brain is working functionally. Um, and he talks to them about the 
uh, the artificial ecosystem and how it's a closed ecosystem. And so if there's problems, you can have unexpected side effects, which lead to further unexpected side effects. Uh, just and, and essentially it cascades and everything explodes. So that's what's happening on Ganymede Station. He basically says that Ganymede Station's like already fucked. It's gone. Like there's no way it's coming back. It's cascading down a path that we will not be able to help it uh, recover. So that's not good for Ganymede Station. Um, and they talk about May a little bit more. At the end of this conversation, Prax does enough to convince Amos to give him a gun essentially inviting him to come on the mission. Whew. Bad decision. That's okay. <laughs> Amos, not your finest moment. Um, Naomi and Holden are like, Amos, we need to talk about your decision-making, uh, and we'll revisit that in a sec. But uh, they do get down to... We, we do like a little bit of a, a skip ahead, time jump ahead. And they, Amos, Holden, and Prax are down on Ganymede Station. They're going to the tunnels. They run into a group of people, and... They note that they're six ahead of... Uh, we'll talk about this later. They, they, Holden ends up negotiating with them. Uh, the leader of them is named Wendell. And Wendell and the group join Holden, Amos, and Prax. And they begin to make their way into the tunnels to find May. So this chapter is... There's a lot of good stuff. Um, Prax, now that he's able to eat is slowly coming back to being a functioning human being, which is great. Um, he talks about it as though he's continuing to wake up over and over and over as he eats more and more and, and just relaxes more yeah. and more, which is just kind of crazy. Um, and I can't imagine how I mean, awful To me, this feel. is like... Uh, <laughs> this is like being drunk and then realizing how drunk you were. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wow. Like, oh my god. Yeah. I was totally messed up. So, the one thing that he keeps fucking up, though, he keeps thinking that Naomi's name is Cassandra. Yeah. Odd. Strange. wonder why. <laughs> probably nothing. Probably um, won't come up again. Probably nothing. He does this a couple times, and he's like, well, maybe I'm not as well as I thought. Well, we'll never know. Where are you? So, Prax is slowly coming back. That is uh, one main. He's ready. This chapter. He's, he's oh he's oh he's ready. He's ready, to, he's ready to become the full wild card that he was destined to be. <laughs> wild card. Uh, <laughs> Truly though. Um, so we get Prax and this Prax and Amos conversation where Amos is like polishing guns and like putting guns together and getting them ready for this for this mission, and he's and Prax who is just not someone that has ever gotten in a fight, got a gun, ever been in a situation that requires violence like this, not requires, but could lead to violence like this. Um, Amos is like, you're just not, you're just not going like that. You would, you would die or you would get everyone else killed. Probably. Um, Brax is like pretty is upset about this, but he can't really argue with it. He just wants to go. He just wants to do something to go get May, obviously. That makes sense. I'm yep. not mad about that. But um, I, that's actually, I mean, that's kind of it, really. We just, Amos is like, it's really interesting, this conversation. Amos is definitely smarter, I feel like, than a lot of people give him credit for in these books. Um, 
And he's a lot wiser, I think, than a lot of people give him credit for in these books, based on a lot of these conversations that he has, um, specifically when it comes to, like, being in dangerous situations. But, yeah, yeah. He, he's definitely right here. Uh, Prax should not go. He does change his mind later, though, not, which was the wrong choice. But <laughs> that's okay. We all make mistakes sometimes. Yeah, well, um, I like, we get we start getting backstory on, like, Amos and the rest. Not, not like, full backstory. Like, we get in, was it book five? But um, yeah. you start getting hints, little mm-hmm. uh, inklings of what, like what happened, why Amos is the way he is, why Naomi is, and all that. So, right, great. Um, after after Prax and Amos have talked for a while, Holden and Naomi came in and they're talking about numbers and numbers the numbers. Mason. Why? What? what the numbers, numbers Mason. <laughs> yes. Um, and Prax is like, what? What numbers? What numbers? But. And this is after Holden and Naomi. Naomi, <laughs> Holden's like, so part of this is like, Naomi says, which is why maybe we shouldn't be going in with guns drawn. Holden says, please, can we not have that conversation again right now? Which, <laughs> whew. Oh, brutal, wow. my guy. Not an ideal sentence to say. Wow. Uh, <laughs> well, well, Naomi says, this guy who grabs gun, a gun first and talks later. You didn't used to be him. You aren't him. Wow. He says, well, I need to be him today. Wow. Silence was uncomfortable. Bassy. Brutal. So these two are really not seeing eye to eye on this. No. Um, we get the first inklings. The big paradise. Split. The big split. <laughs> That's what we call it. Dun, 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 that's what dun, us expansers call it. What do they call expanse? Not sure. Yeah, that's, that's your expanse. We don't need a name. We don't know. We don't, no name. There's no expanses. name for us. No, the, the name expanders. 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 Would be <laughs> no expansers. <laughs> expansers is not a word. Does it need to be? I guess it doesn't need to be a word. Expansers. I don't like. I don't like that. Expanders. Expanders is a word. Yeah. But expansers like is more accurate. Okay. Fair. Either way. Um. Those two. Angry. With each other a little bit. Angry. And basically, Prax gets his. This is where, like, why is the death rate going up? What could possibly be wrong? Uh, and Prax is like, no, 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 that's right. It'll get worse. And he explains the cascade where um, it's Ganymede is an artificial ecosystem in a. You know, it, there's not any sort of room for error in this ecosystem to, like, mess up. Like, the way that it's designed and the way that you've, like, created it, if something in this system, like, fucks up in some way or gets or stops working in some way, the whole other things are not going to... other nat, there, there are no natural processes happening. So there's no, like, there's nothing natural that will happen that will cause the ecosystem to like rebalance itself like it would in like a natural ecosystem like on earth so something gets fucked up and nothing else can step in to like um like stop it from really being bad or to even you know to totally to to just totally come in and take over for what the process was that that got fucked up uh and and it causes other systems to break or other processes to break down and then eventually 
everything starts breaking and and fucking up and this ecosystem collapses um because nothing has been built to be you can't just you can't just build something to like fix it in a way that like a natural way that you would normally have for the regular totally. so i looked up briefly um an example there's an example of this uh that in the united states that is that has happened and happening uh Ooh. which has to do with sea otters no. on the pacific coast what's happening? so sea otters in when people moved to california in the pacific and the Pacific coast in the United States and Canada, I'm assuming, they were hunted a lot for their pelts. And sea otters were, are one of the main, uh, they eat sea urchins a lot. Sea urchins, when, when the sea otter populations declined a ton because of hunters way back in the day, like 1700s, 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, sure. um, sea urchins populations exploded. They ate all the kelp in these areas. And the kelp being overeaten caused tons of species to die because there was no food left for them. And even the sea urchin populations themselves ended up going extinct because there was no more kelp because the kelp went extinct. Wow. Like that's like a that's like a classic situation where something gets fucked up in the ecosystem and then there's other cascading effects that are fucked up as a result. Um, yeah. And that's and not it takes time. Yes, and that's not exactly what's happening on Gany, but it's like this is just an example to to think about how that works and how losing a certain part of a of a in a chain of an ecosystem can fuck up many other parts. And then in in on Earth though, like you might have like another um if say like a sea otter gets over hunted or whatever, you may have another animal step in and take its place in the food chain. But on a place like Ganymede Station, you're not nothing like that is gonna happen. It's just not possible. There's, there's nothing like that. True. So um yeah, it's interesting stuff. It's not fun to read about that stuff that's happening on Earth because uh it goes into climate change and how much we're destroying the earth. Yeah. Neither here, neither here nor there. Actually it's kind of always it's all here over and the place. there. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um so yeah, Prax essentially declares that Ganymede is dead already. <laughs> brutal for Ganymede. Ganymede is dead. <laughs> Profound. Long live Ganymede. Ganymede is dead. Long live Ganymede. Yes. What does dead may never die? Um, so does Ganymede never meet? The we get down after after these conversations happen. Our our fam gets ready to go on the mission. Amos makes his. Uh, fantastic decision to give Rax a, Rax a gun. <laughs> How did nobody notice this? No, no, no. They all noticed this. Holden's like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Amos, why did you give him a gun? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Rax needs to go. Wait. He's coming with us, Cap. Why? <laughs> yeah, straight up. Amos is just like, eh, I've changed my mind. He's going to come. <laughs> so, um, yeah, real, real interesting decision. That's okay. All right. What could so, possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? You give somebody who's never held a gun before a gun. Someone who mentally is like unstable, totally destroyed right now because they're trying to find their lost daughter. Yeah, I'm sure nothing bad will happen. I'm sure. I'm sure. So we get down to Ganymede Station. Yes. Amos, Holden, Prax, the Dream Team, Charlie's Angels. They're ready. They 
meet this group of six people that are blocking the tunnel that they're going into. They have armor. They look like they're they're fighting. We learned that they were on a contract with Pinkwater, which is one of the security companies uh, that was name dropped in the first book. But basically, they were left on the station. They're, they're, everyone left, and they're just like they're still. So Holden negotiates and says, like, "Hey, if you." help us, there's six of them, so in total there'd be about nine of them, I believe, then we'll drive you off, the, we'll, you know, we'll give you a way off the planet, we'll take you off the planet when we leave. Or we'll, yeah, we'll take you off the moon when we leave. And they're like, what? Like, what? They're initially like, hey, will you just pay us, and then we'll help you. Someone's like, I'll do you one better. We'll get you out of here. They're like, god damn, we got a new boss, is basically literally what he says, basically. Um, <laughs> so, they all get ready to go in. They, Interestingly, Holden and Amos do note that they are being followed by another person in gray pants. <laughs> uh, but they they just they don't really talk about that anymore. But we these two know that they are being followed by someone, and we learn later that, or we may have learned already that oh, uh, Avasarala knows everything that's happening. Yeah, again. we learned that it's because someone's following them. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, we get ready to, the, the, the group of about 10 people gets ready to head into the ice tunnels, which is a great, I love the Good idea time. of heading into the ice I'm tunnels. I'm excited. Good be. Well. Good time in there, besides the death. <laughs> oh, right. yeah, the murders. The murder. <laughs> Brain goes to the Good same stuff. place every time. Good stuff. I mean, not much happened in the chapter, but... A lot of things happen. Oh, another thing, another one last thing that happens that I forgot about is like one thing that Holden does to like give him credibility with these people. He's like, I'm Holden. Look at me. They're like, wow, he is Holden. And then he's like, yeah, I know. It's the beard, right? <laughs> I uh, I don't, yeah. The beard weird. disguise works. The beard disguise worked. So also, well. in the show, Holden already has a beard. I'm pretty sure this didn't, wasn't a thing. Well, so in the show, this is the last time we'll do this. They're in trying the show, to they're trying to be Holden and Amos are trying to be hot as possibly you could be as a person. That is true. That is so true. The lights double is a classic look for them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they really yeah. True. True. Yeah, he never has a scraggly beard. He he just goes to no, Ganymede no. with Prax. In the show, Prax comes to Tycho and he's like, Help me. And so like, okay, we'll go to Ganymede. They go to Ganymede. Um <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> uh this one <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> yep that's what happens good stuff well do we need to go okay. to bobby we don't have to but we should all right bobby bobby fisher where is uh, she he's on earth oh wow they made it they did it um yeah, they're there. They're in the big meeting. It's boring as heck. She's making names and trying to figure out who's in charge. She directly discerns Avasarala, which is good for her. Um, but then she like she can't take it anymore. She has an outburst of, "Hey, why aren't we talking about the monster, dude? We keep talking about all this other stupid crap. Like I don't care how much tariffs are on, I don't know, something silly. People are dying and." Uh, Thorson does not like this. <laughs> He's like, he was just meant to be like a kind of a token there um, and not outburst into the room. But Avasarla actually egged her on, which is fun to note. Um, 
then uh so after that outburst thorison's like basically like apologizes for her, then grabs her and throws her into the hall uh and then yells at uh what's his name who's the other doctor that i'm martin's martin are uh, martin's yeah with an s yeah martin's with an s and is like i thought you could control her what the hell are you doing and uh yeah very upset and it's funny in in the show martin's is kind of in on the kind of with thorison as far yeah. as being like it doesn't seem like martian martin's is the bad guy here he's just kind of like it seems like yep. he kind of generally is trying to help um bobby but in the in the show uh martin's is definitely seems like a bad dude who's trying to also uh just like i don't know it's way more manipulative yeah manipulator that's show. a good word Versus in the books where he, yeah, he literally just like, hey, you are fucked up and we need to talk about this. Yep. You don't want to. Bobby's also way more, like, less, she seems less, like, willing to address anything in the book as well. But that might just be because we're in her, inside her, in her head. In her head, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but then she she goes on a, a walk outside, sees what Earth-like is, life is like, and has some interesting interactions. Uh, she... Yeah, she first of all has agoraphobia because you never walk outside. Is agoraphobia the fear of like open spaces? It's the fear of outs. Uh, let me see the definition. I'm not sure the actual oh, yeah. definition, but I know it's like people who are agoraphobic don't want to go outside. I think they're just afraid of the outside world. Oh, no, wait, it's like the opposite. It's. Is a type of anxiety disorder in which you fear and avoid places or situations that might cause you to panic and make you feel trapped, helpless, or embarrassed. That's kind of weird. That's fair. So, yeah, I think that can have a oh, bunch well, of so being. Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. You fear an actual or anticipated situation, such as using public transportation, being in open or enclosed spaces, yeah. standing in line, or being in the crowd. That's, that's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. so that's I think like, like even... It's so weird. It's also not so weird. That's not a good way to put it at all. But um, I just I can't relate, unfortunately. Yeah, I think it's it. You could almost put like um, what's it called? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that can fall under agoraphobia. But in this case, it's that she's never been outside. Anytime she's been outside, it's been in a vac suit. So being outside, like outside, outside, naked yeah, like, and with, yeah, or like, with, not right. naked, but without any clothes on, it's like, like this shouldn't being, be a thing. <laughs> I'm yes. gonna die. Yeah. She's never been outside of like a man-made structure before, yeah. like, which is it. I don't know if that would happen. It, uh, like, it's. What do you mean? Like, would. I don't like just because you hadn't been in like outside, would you be afraid? I don't know. Like, it well, seems she's plausible. Not, maybe she's not really afraid. She literally gets sick, doesn't she? Or doesn't she literally? She like, like starts crawling back towards the door. Yeah. Well, it's because I think she literally loses her. Like she can't, like she's falling over, isn't she? Like, yeah, me, but I think me... it's, I think it's in her head. Like it's, is it? Yes. It's, I thought it was like a, I thought it was like, like it's a real. To be clear, reaction. it's real, but it's it like it's caused by the fact that she's like freaking out because she's outside. I thought it was like literally in my interpretation, but I could be totally wrong. The way I read it was that it was literally like a physical, like my equilibrium is off. My brain cannot understand this like what i'm well i guess that maybe plays into what you're saying yeah maybe yeah i think so i think we're both saying the same thing like she's kinda... she's freaking out so much that her yeah her equilibrium equilibrium's off and she's like like can't get with it 
Um, but she meets it. She meets a nice boy at the door, who uh, she likes because she's he immediately assumes she's gonna try again, um, and gives her the hint of looking down and not at the sky, which kind of makes sense. And uh, does it again and is kind of able to do it fine, um, which is good. And she has some uh, nice talks uh, with uh, the coffee ladies. It's just a grand old time out there. Um, yeah, you're you're right. So basically, they just say like, like the one dude, the the guard at the door, yeah, explains it like people who've been in domes just panic a bit. Belters lose their shit, <laughs> uh, and I mean completely. We wind up shipping them home, drugged up to keep them from screaming. That is interesting. I don't like, and that seems so weird. Would is that how you'd react? I guess I mean maybe. maybe. I I, there's know. no really way to know unless we just kept right. somebody in a cage forever. But uh, it it seems plausible, but I'm not I'm not really sure it would happen. Like I could see. If you've never there's heard open, of it before, there's open areas on Mars in the domes that are like pretty big. Right, that's what I'm saying. And then like, like she even notes that like they have baseball stadiums. Not, yeah, the stadium that holds like it's twenty thousand people or something like that. Like, yeah, that's yeah. pretty big. And like, so there's obviously like big open spaces, and I could see like being outside without a vax, but it's kind of, I'd akin to it to being like underwater without, um, like anything, like. Let's say, like, theoretically, yeah. they made water that you could breathe. Like, I feel like you'd freak out for, like, a second, but then you'd be like, oh. And especially, if, yeah, I don't know. Like, I Wouldn't could see you... actually, yeah, freaking out for a little bit, and then... But I think after, like, ten seconds where I realized I was, like, breathing and fine, I'd I'd be okay. <laughs> but, um, I don't Wouldn't, know. On Mars, wouldn't you think that they would, like, that the dome ceilings would be made to look like... You would think, like an atmosphere, like would a, think like they would Earth make them like. That. I mean, they they kind of like say that. that in uh, series. How like it's kind of made to look like you're outside ish, like in the right. hallways. Like the people are like yeah. flying kites and shit. Right. So, but it's 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 kind of a cool thing to think about though, and uh, interesting thing they added in the book. Yeah, there's a reason that there's a reason that Belters and Martians don't go to Earth a whole lot. Yeah. Well, one of them is the weight too. Being expensive. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get into the meeting there. So yeah, the meeting was was really not what Bobby thought it was going to be. It was super boring. Um, they spent hours like basically just discussing stupid stuff like tariffs and who's going to move their ships where. Bobby um, was naive. And I like how she correctly discerns uh, Avasarla. She calls her Granny in her head. Granny. <laughs> Which is funny um and she discerns that they hit her and i think uh what's his name is with her um another dude who she calls moon face which is reminds me of uh the moon man okay. from gerald's game but and she's uh, avasarlo's of course eating nuts at watch 2021 yeah, she'd be, she be eating those nuts she loves she them nuts. she should be nope. fat a lot well, of nuts, no, they're, they're pistachios. Pistachios are good. They have a lot of calories. Like one pistachio is like eighty billion calories. That's just you're not true. Here. You're here first. That's just, that's just not don't true. eat nuts if you don't want to get. Fat. How many do you think one pistachio is? Um, one pistachio. Yeah, forty calories. Uh, you have it. You probably can't find the actual one class. cup. One cup is six hundred and ninety-one. See, isn't that a lot? One Two kernel. One kernel is four calories. That's not true. What's a kernel? kernel? 
There's more than how many 600? There's not a hundred kernels in. At four calories each, pistachios are a relatively low calorie snack. Yeah, disagree. No, there's not a lot of calories in pistachio. Okay, wrong. It's it's not wrong. (laughs) The uh, but anyway, she's eating nuts. She has her outbursts. Um, and Avasarla, like I said before, actually like eggs her on. She's like, I for one want to hear what this lady has to say, which she of course would, because she's the only one saying something interesting. Uh, and so they learn that Mars knows about the monster, and that seemingly, unless Bobby's a plant, that like they are freaked out about it too, <laughs> or at least Bobby doesn't know. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. Which, I mean, could be plausible. Like, I could see some big governments, like, inflicting a weapon on people that they, uh, not telling, like, the infantry, but. Oh, yeah. That's, that's here and over there. Uh. It's everywhere. It's all, <laughs> all around <laughs> us. Um. So, yeah, and then, like I said before, the, the fact that Thorson is clearly a D-bag um and thorson is just playing the game that's what he's doing i'm not he's a, I'm he's, what he's are not, you on thorson thorson did nothing no, wrong no 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 no. he's <laughs> definitely not a nice man but he's just he's a poli- he's a politician and he's doing what he's got to do and he's bobby thorson did nothing doing wrong. things that are not <laughs> you're you're the one saying that i never said that, that is you what said. you just said to me right you now. said that i clipped it i clipped it and i'm posting <laughs> it right now um but no he he is playing the game the politics game Bobby doesn't understand the politics game and she doesn't want to play. So their their two viewpoints just do not align. Their goals yes. do not necessarily align, even though they are technically on. Which happens all the time. That's classic. I feel like we get this all the time in any sort of all the time. military political drama. Yep. Uh the other fun thing, we get the the kind of story between the Mars and the UN and and what's going on. So as Bobby's walking outside, she notes that uh, Mars propaganda says that the UN is all lazy, coddled colonists who live off the government, um, while the fat corporate politicians just enrich themselves off the expense of the colonies, which I'd have to say is semi-true. <laughs> the the corporate poli- the politicians enriching themselves okay. off the colonies. One hundred percent. Um, but ding, 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 ding. it seems that maybe the like the fat, lazy people on on Earth is a little. Uh, that seems a little propagandy. Yes. Um, at, at least in in the books, it's it's interesting in in the books. From what I read, to me, it seemed more utopian than, or it seemed like more of a good place than a bad place to me, or at least how the book described it. Of like she sees people just like not working and she's like wow this is nuts all these people are just like doing whatever they want um yep. and it seems of more of a good thing but in the show it's like bad like it's like there's a bunch of homeless people and they uh they have not they can't work so they can't like do anything um which is it's funny they chose to show it that way in the show of like <laughs> i don't know we need work it's almost yeah it like it's like almost it's like the show is a little more unimaginative in the systems of government in the future right like yeah it's like they it's like the show's like well we're gonna show people something that they can understand that is like there that is bad maybe i guess whereas the book 
even though people there's so many people and i mean technically we're headed for this either way right like yeah there's gonna be a point where like there's too many people to work like you're not gonna need that many people to work um especially once you know once we have more and more automation whatever mm. but yeah it's just like the 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 earth and this they the clearly not everywhere is probably as nice as like the capital area that they're in right, right. i guarantee that there are places that are very oppressed and very poor and yep. do not get the support that they need but there is some sort of ubi system and and there is a social safety net that is somewhat robust enough to where if you don't work you you are fine yeah. like you you are you don't have to work you you will be supported yep. by the system by the government system and by the economic system that they have in place um which is what you would have to do or else you have just people fucking rioting in the streets all the time if you couldn't get a job because you you know where you so where you in the united states if you don't have a job you're (laughs) fucked you're dead like that that you cannot do that in the united states and that's so i'm thinking that the show was like well we need to show like if show something that people can relate to a little bit more um I, I don't know that's just my thought yeah i mean and i don't know other like star trek is kind of like the same thing we've it's in the future where they've gotten to the point where anybody can kind of do what they want and like <laughs> like there's no uh it's like the utopia type thing where nobody really has to work um but uh, some people choose to do things like yeah so that the conversation with the coffee lady is great actually i yeah. kind of love that conversation where she's like yeah, they make you in order to go to college, they make you work for a year to make want. sure that it's something that you want to do, which is actually pretty brilliant, which is pretty cool. Makes sense. Like, yeah, it super makes sense. I mean, not like everyone should probably just be able to go to college, but when you have million, you know, billions of people, billions and like 30 billion people, yeah. Um it gets space gets harder, assumedly. Assu- and again, also this is not I'm sure that I'm sure this is how the system works in theory. I'm sure there's tons of nepotism. There's tons of people paying their way into, mm. you know, that still is going to exist all the same like that. I'm not saying that's a perfect system that they have, but I, like the idea that like, you don't have to work. You're not going to have a ton of like, you, you know, you're not going to have like a yacht. You're not gonna have like yeah. the coolest right. clothes or whatever. Uh, you're probably not going to be able to take the nicest vacations. Um, but you don't have to work and you can still not still not die. But if you do want to work and you show the, you know, you show that you are willing to do that, you can get a job and make top of that basic support, yep. which is cool, which is good. I think yeah. that's a better system than we have right now. I think I'd, I'm definitely more of a fan of how they portrayed it in the book. Um, yeah. It's- and it's also interesting, of course, Mars is showing, of course, there's Martian propaganda, right? About... Yeah how everyone on earth is lazy else it'd be like to support the martian <laughs> mission yeah like yeah, like right. you mean i could just not work like some of the martians right. would be like you mean right. i could just not do this all this hard terraforming work and like yep. do whatever i wanted with my life like yep and we even learned later i don't know if it's this book or in later book but like that the martian economy is not like it, it is not easy to get a job on mars at this point in time I, yeah so i mean even with whatever picture of earth that they're pushing the martian you know everyone works everyone has a great job is absolutely not true either um so and i think that and you even get that later with like the initial you know the the initial colonizers of mars and they're pushed to 
uh, terraform the planet is lessening that that uh, enthusiasm is lessening a lot with the younger the younger generations of Martians as they you know I don't know just not as uh, they're not as gung ho yeah. about that mission which we'll learn a lot more later which is super interesting for sure um, but yeah I love this is great I love learning about current it's fun learning about the like actual lore the, of the universe okay. and yep. like yeah, they even say it's funny because they're like, well, as like automation got more and like less people had to work, people started having babies and the population blew up, which I could definitely see happening. Because like right, right now in most developed nations, the population is actually like stable or maybe slightly shrinking. Um, but yeah, if like didn't have a job you were supported all the way like i could definitely see more ba- more babies happening because i feel like that's like the number one oh people gosh. number one reason people don't have kids maybe not the number one reason but like a main reason people don't have kids is like <laughs> i have to support this thing and i can barely support myself like why would i do that <laughs> absolutely the like i mean the two things right that that cause people to not have families are money and time like yeah. those, that's it besides just like and then the third one being like whether you want to or not but mm-hmm. Like right now, you either have a bunch of money and no time, or you have a bunch of time and no money. Like yep. it's either one or the other. Like you don't have both. Yep. So you like I, this is just an example. I know I everyone listening to this, and I guarantee everyone in the United. Again, this is all very specific to the United States. I mean, yeah, it's probably not the same uh, as in other countries. But like, I had a coworker end up quitting at one point. She had four kids. And the amount of money she made in the year was not enough money to cover, oh, yeah. you know, four kids worth of child care in the <laughs> summer, as well as two kids of child care throughout the year because two of them were not in school yet. So she quit her job because it was, she wasn't making any money. Yeah. Like it, it would, it, it was more cost effective for her to just not work and just stay home and not pay for child. That's for definitely child a care, common thing. Yeah. <laughs> which is nuts, which is nuts. So like, I can hundred percent see it like, Oh, immediately you're like, Hey, you're going to be supported. Your kids are not going to go hungry if you don't have a job. Also, you don't have a job. It's like, well, all right. Good time. Get Boom. Time. I can 100% see tons of babies being born. Like, yes. just tons. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. What they say the population of Earth was? I don't remember. It was like... It's like 30. It's like over 30 billion, I think. A lot. I remember correctly. Maybe even more than that. But, yeah, that's uh, cool. It's cool to see, like I said, the, the universe. We learn more about what's going on in these planets. Absolutely. Uh, and then another another note here. She notes like, yeah, Mars would not win a ground invasion <laughs> of Earth. Like just because they're not used to she being outside. They like, can't even walk outside. Yeah, it's one uh-huh. G. What she says like is doesn't feel the same as the simulation. So, it, <laughs> all right, I can't I can't hear the word simulations without laughing. Just like <laughs> simulations. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That that word has been poisoned in my brain. It doesn't. It's not a real word anymore. It's, it's oiled. Oiled it. It's all me. Always has it been. Is. All right. So yeah, that was that chapter. It's a good one. Great chapter. Lots of discussion. So now we take a bit of a turn, and we're back to Action Holden chapter and our mission. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, yeah. So we're exploring the tunnels further. Um, Secret tunnels. <laughs> yes. Through the Ganymede. Secret tunnel. <laughs> um our our crew our crew is making their way through the tunnels there's lots of intersections they're taking a bunch of precautions so that they don't get ambushed they're leaving one person back at each intersection as they make their way through 
Uh, they're being very cop-like. Holden has a long, introspective uh, couple paragraphs thinking about, uh, you know, I, I'm a space cop now, and, I'm, and I, just shoot, I shoot a lot of ships down, and I kill a bunch of people. And he's like, but I've probably saved so many. But he's like, wow, but what have I become? And he does a lot of inner, <laughs> a lot of inner monologuing and thinking. Um, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's really going through it. Not really going through it, but he's definitely like, wow, I've changed. He's like doing it to he's himself. <laughs> um, and we get to, the crew gets to a room with a bunch of tables and equipment. And they're trying to figure out what to do next. Holden goes to ask Prax something because uh, he knows the station more than everyone else. And he's practices over by a bundle of rags that looks very much like there may be a body underneath it. Uh. And they go over and they kind of push Brax back a little bit and they look at the body. And Brax looks at it's the body of a young boy. Brax takes a look at it and he realizes that it is Katoa, who we know is the no. son of Bazia, whom Brax interacted with earlier, and a fellow patient of Dr. Strickland. Um, so not good. Not a good sign for everyone. Prax has to be dying right now. Starting to lose it a little bit again. I mean, when is he not? But he's really starting to lose it a little bit again. Yep. Um, and they essentially kind of search the room more. Amos finds a door. Not really a door. It's like a hatch. Um, which I guess is probably a door. <laughs> more of a hatch. But either way. Yeah. <laughs> just like this, it's just that a door. door. <laughs> not a real door. <laughs> um and Amos is he notices that it's warmer. He notices that this, this door is slightly warmer, indicating that the other side of it may be heated. And these aren't like these aren't like doors that we would be familiar with. These are like big metal doors, assumedly. They're not like wooden doors where it'd be very clear if it was like hot or warmer with like a temperature thing. I'm assuming that it would be less. So even if it's only slightly warmer on the outside, that means that it's probably a lot warmer on the inside. Um, is my thought there. Yep. Uh, and as they're planning their entry to move into this room where there might be, where it might be heated, which means that there might be people, um, Prax has slipped his way over there and holds like, fuck, God damn it. Mm-hmm. And they all rush the room. And as they're running into the room, they hear Prax yell, nobody move. <laughs> which is not good. It's not good. And they all oh, get in man. there. And there's about a dozen people in here and they, they are, it looks like they've been moving stuff. They've been, uh, you know, getting ready to leave, it seems like. They also have pizza, and it <laughs> smells really good and greasy. Holden immediately notes, ooh, that's good pizza. Like, like in the middle of this fight, this very tense moment, Holden's like, damn, pizza smells good. <laughs> um, which I'm assuming on, Ganymede, on like a random space station would probably smell really fucking good. But we don't have a lot of pizza. Uh, and Holden starts to like analyze the the situation in the room. He considers fighting, and then he's like, "No, we need to negotiate. I don't. We we can't shoot first every time." However, Holden, as Holden begins to try and negotiate and say, "Like, hey, we don't want to do this. We don't want to fight." Prax yells, "Where's May?" And he cocks his gun, <laughs> and immediately everyone goes for their guns. And Holden thinks, "Like, well, fuck. Here we go." Uh, and that's our <laughs> quick rundown of that what chapter. A maniac. Very funny moment in the next chapter when Prax describes why he cocked the gun, um, <laughs> which we'll get to in a little bit. So, kind of the main 
the main things going on in this chapter, which are important to discuss, I think, are specifically Holden-related. Uh, Holden is really starting to think about how he acts and how much murdering he's been doing lately. Uh, he's basically been a cop for a year. It's tough, tough stuff for our guy. Um, yeah, and he's he's been he's he's a new person, and he doesn't know if he necessarily likes it. He says that he comforted himself. He's like, "How many ships have I slagged?" Which just has he like destroyed? He shot with missiles. Is what that means. Yep. Um, he's like a dozen more. He comforted himself with the thought that they were all very bad people. Hmm. Okay, good. Tell yourself that, buddy. <laughs> and yeah, it, you know, he's just Naomi has been saying a lot. This isn't you. I don't like this. And he's just starting to think like maybe I should stop. Maybe I'm the baddie. Yeah, like am I the baddie? Yeah, that is what he's starting to to think after literally him murdering after doing a bunch of murdering. And I, I immediately think right. We talked about this already. I, I one of the things that I think about too is just like obviously Miller has influenced Holden a lot, whether he realizes it or not. They kind of they're finding themselves in like a similarly tense situation like they did during the events of book one and he he does you know he he makes a lot of miller miller like moves which for him yes uh the other thing to note katoa poor guy little dead. boy uh we do get a return of our favorite father Bazia later in the series. Fantastic. Also, one of my favorite. Oh, that book is so good. Book four. In this book, uh, Prax tells him he did dead. Pretty oh, sure. yeah. That's, that's yeah. brutal. And yes, uh, Prax, my guy, dumb as shit, as always. This is. No one had to die here. Holden, when Holden is like analyzing the situation, he notes that these people have no armor, that they're not really ready to fight. Uh, when they start to talk, he can kind of see, like, this is okay, we can do this, you know, we don't have to fight. He can kind of tell that she doesn't really want to do this either, because when you don't have armor in the situation and everyone has guns, it's pretty, you're pretty dead. Uh, but practice yelling and doing and cocking his gun kind of ends all of the discussions that they can have because everyone on the other side gets ready to fight yeah there's not actually a whole lot else to talk about in this chapter it's really just an action chapter like you said and there's pizza it they know i mean it's, it's like, kind of important because like it means they're they're uh wealthy or like this is like True. this isn't some like back it's alley real, like he smells it it's real pizza right it's not like yeah. baked pizza yeah 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 it means uh, it isn't is some important. like um, I don't know. I'm going just like back, uh, like some people doing some meth lab. They're <laughs> like, funded, right? They're yeah. funded by someone that it's is like a real that, that has cash. Yes, 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 yes. So, 
Also, where would they get hot pizza? Would they have? They had to have heated they it up. They made it. I don't know. Oh, maybe they maybe they made it themselves. You're right. It could be a frozen yeah. pizza. Like I'm sure even in the future, frozen pizzas are going to be. Do you think they have? DiGiorno I mean, a DiGiorno pizza is pretty good. <laughs> I will say. They, just, they stock hundreds of DiGiornos for your month long. Not a, <laughs> maybe. Not a sponsor, but DiGiorno is definitely top tier. Uh, frozen pizza that like. You, you don't think they have delivery out there on Ganymede Station? No, just it's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. What if they did and they were able to get a pizza delivered? Base delivery would be hype. You're like, hey, that I'm pizza having would a cost big party. a billion dollars. I'm having a big party next month. I need some <laughs> delivery. But if you're like, you know, if you're like a space capitalist and you have like more money than you like, and then makes sense in your brain, like Maybe. you could do it, like for a big fancy party. Yeah, I guess a first a good pizza by itself is probably gonna cost a lot. Yeah, but if you again, if you're like a space capitalist, you're gonna have like you tip. You tip you, the space. You got. You it's probably delivery need, boy. You yeah. It's delivery. What if there's no tipping? No, it's probably in the catering. It's probably it's probably catering at that point. Probably. But you do tip caterers too. Do you tip caterers. Pretty sure you do. You tip everybody in the service industry. You should. I mean, no. I feel like they should just get paid more. Well, yeah, I do too, but they don't. So you should tip. Fair. But what about every Maybe. like where does? I guess you do perfect, I'm trying to think of somebody you Out of spite? <laughs> <laughs> who, who do I not tip? I hate that man. I hate that way. <laughs> well, you don't tip, like, people at Home Depot. Or yeah, I have true. never. Do you? Like, the no, guy who I mixes don't. the paint? Did you tip him? It would, it would be weird to tip someone at Home Depot. <laughs> Imagine tipping the like, guy what? who makes the paint at Home Depot. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, um, who else? Are you, bri- are you bribing me? Yes. <laughs> yes. Bribe that paint what about um who else is in the service industry what about the people folding clothes at like a clothing store that's not really service that's retail well folding clothes at the clothing store <laughs> you mean like the like the the kids that work at like american eagle and shit yeah or um yeah you don't tip them I mean, they're not doing anything for you besides cash the person out. who uh shows you to your your room that you're changing room Man, I haven't been clothes shopping in freaking forever. I was just thinking about this. Like, I'm I'm starting to get invited to things this summer, and I'm like, what the? Fuck? I have nothing I don't to have wear. Any clothes. I have no clothes. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, I truly do not. I was like, think about it. Like, the last time you had to buy clothes for summer was like two years ago. Now, that's wild. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. It's pretty messed up. I'm... All right, we're way off topic though. Where were um, we? I don't remember. Uh, well, this Gosh, chapter's kind of short. Done. This honestly, this chapter's kind of short. It's because I was kind of done with this chapter. Um, it's uh, it's it's not not much is going on. We learned no. some in- information like a body of a kid, um, which is bad, mm-hmm. and that there's a secret hideout. Yep, important for the plot of the book, but not necessarily not really juicy. Too. Yeah. Uh, this next chapter, I understood that, but I'm not sure other people. Felt. Next chapter, less juicy, but more. More action. More, more savory, though. <laughs> That's sweet. More savory. Goes nice with a, a red. Uh, um, yeah, so we, we're in Praxis head now. And he explains how he's like, well, in the movies, anytime somebody started to like act serious and wanted to show, they, they really meant it. They cocked their gun. So that was his thought process when... Uh, when doing what he just did, nobody move. <laughs> Cox, love it. Cox. 
cocks he's like, the what gun. Would, what would my favorite action hero Liam Neeson do? This situation. <laughs> this, yes, this is facts trying to be Liam Neeson. What an overreaction, too. Like, especially because Holden, Holden says, like, these people are all in lab coats. It's not like they're soldiers. And then Prax just goes in there like Rambo or Liam Neeson. Yep. And yeah, they're like movers. They look, they're like, they're moving stuff. They're just like moving boxes around. They got pizza. It'd literally be like cocking a gun at someone moving <laughs> stuff into their house. Yeah, that would that'd be wild. But uh, he, he is just clearly doesn't know how to handle a gun. Doesn't understand the implication of pointing a literal death rifle at somebody something they can end lives cocking it um Dude, this is all amos's fault god damn it why did amos give him the gun why you really should have not given the gun if prax wasn't here this would have all been fine no zero been okay they would have probably learned more and like yep got more shit done but he does pull the gun uh then realizes that the he hears a loud noise sees the ladies like on the floor and is basically shot and uh he's like well shit did i do that <laughs> he's like, i don't think i did that um and just this thought his whole thought process here is messed up he's he's like i he looked around and noticed that nobody was like there he's like where'd they all go and he's like oh they're all behind cover should i be behind cover <laughs> it's like yes yes you should probably be behind cover since you just started a gunfight and uh yeah, just prax, man. Being a real prax right now. Being a real prax. Going through it. Uh, I, hate when, I hate when he goes full prax. So he, he eventually never, does never get behind cover. Amos go, gets prax's gun away from him. Like, well, should have never given you this and takes it away. Amos is like, well, <laughs> you live and you learn. <laughs> um, I respect that attitude. I mean, that's a pretty good attitude to have, just about life in general. Yep, yep. So most people do get away, as the other people, a few of them are shot. Holden, good guy Holden says they should call the, the medics, but their um, Wendell notes that, that that's kind of useless. Like, they're probably calling for backup right now. Um, so somebody's going to get here um, way before the, the medics you call do. One, because... We're on Gan a dying station where everyone's kind of in an emergency right now, so uh, it's yeah, not no real use. Um, and then I love this that Prax asked Holden, "What happened, <laughs> dude? You started a gunfight. Just cocked a gun and pointed it at him. That oh happens. my goodness, Prax is Prax, as one does, as one does. Prax is Prax." Um, so they realize the, the enemies are holding up in a room. Um, and Amos notably asks Holden, what do you want to do here? Uh, kind of alluding to, like, you still want to talk this out? And Holden is, Holden's gone full Miller and lights. Like, let's get this done. Uh, How hard now? Like, you started shooting at them. Yeah, what yeah. It's, do? Uh, like, why would it's, these people trust you at this point? To be, yeah, to be on Holden's Miller side, like, yeah, it. This is the right move right now, uh, as far as like they they don't have a choice. They can't talk to them. It's it's oh, over. They was... pointed a gun at them and, and then... shot two people. <laughs> that opportunity ended. Uh, so they they realize they're all holding holding up in 
in one last room. Um, and Amos notes that they're not like particularly set up well. Um, so he thinks they're they're either guarding something or amateurs or both. Uh, which I think it's kind of both, <laughs> judging by what happens. So they, the people try to throw a grenade. The people in the hold up in the room try to throw a grenade at them, miss the door opening, and it blows up in their own room. <laughs> to be like to be fair this is something that i feel like like you you think that like oh yeah you just throw the grenade through a doorway i i don't know how many times i feel like i've tried to throw in something random at someone and just totally missed like i oh, feel yeah. like this is way more common throughout history than you would think it would be like you oh, try yeah. to toss a nade Dude. and you totally just miss where you're supposed to throw it nades like, are so dangerous like <laughs> that's straight up really stupid straight up. but like Really, you uh, you pull that pin, and then if you let go of the nade, like the second it leaves your hand, it's it's gonna blow up in whatever five seconds, yep. whether you uh like it or not. So like, yeah, there's just just tons of times. Got to be tons of times where somebody either like, dropped it or like, yeah, threw it. Not great, and uh, then stuff like this happens. They end up they hear like a loud bang, people like running, glass breaking, um. And uh, they're like, okay, we got we got to go while we can. So they threw two more nades in there. Um, and when when they get in there, there's there's like nobody left, just a few like basically dead people, blood everywhere. Um, and they note that Holden's team wasn't the one who did this. It was it was that first nade that did most of this. And um, they hear the ground shake. Um, presumably somebody has launched and is gone. Uh, so Prax goes into full freakout mode, starts pounding on the door, passes out, and then wakes up on Amos's shoulders, uh, which is funny. I like, I like that that happened. Um, and yeah, they uh, from here, some more security people come back, uh, and they know they should probably leave because they're they're probably gonna keep coming, or people know they're there now. Like a big commotion has happened and. They can't really learn anything because everything's blown up. So, and the people have gone. They just got to get the freak out of there. Uh, and yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of what happens. And Holden kind of tries to lecture Prax about uh, like being rational, and Prax, of course, takes this horribly and screams about his dead daughter again, which is um, he's obviously. Yeah, in a in a bad place, but uh, doesn't really work out. Uh, and then they see the big kicker to this episode or this uh, this chapter. There's Proto Molecule who, on the side of the machine or whatever's there, and of course our boy Prax, being Prax, goes to touch it. <laughs> yeah, which is Fantastic. classic Prax, classic Prax. Um, and uh, but Holden, of course grabs his hand and whips it back and and is like we gotta get the fuck out of here <laughs> uh which makes sense because they saw remember they don't know and i guess the reader doesn't know at this point that uh this is like a new like this is proto molecule goo but it's like engineered proto molecule goo and <laughs> proto molecule goo so it's not gonna like spread necessarily like it did on eros so they think like, man, in a matter of days, this whole place is gonna be effed. Um, but that that doesn't end up happening because 
I don't. I it's like it's like more engineered, we, more we stable. Did we learn that later in the book? I didn't know that. I don't yeah, know I, I mean, that. Ganymede never becomes a Eros, right? Like it, they they clean oh. it up even. Yeah, true. I mean, if it's like tiny, I I assume that you would need a lot to like take over a whole state. Like they literally uh, infect the fair, entire population. Fair, fair, fair. They didn't like. Uh, they didn't like pump it through all the vents like they did on Eros. Right, um, right. Yes, but correct. still, and like, they also didn't pump radiation in as well to like feed it. Given enough time, I think eventually it would. Sure, because Absolutely. especially Absolutely. on the ship, like there was nothing 100%. special done there. It just got loose, and then everyone on the ship died except for. One hundred percent agree. That so, given enough time, a little bit of this might go a long way. But this is big. It confirms that the proto molecule is on Ganymede, which we kind of knew. And that it is kind of responsible for what's been going on. And that someone else had some protomolecule. Yeah. Um, because remember, Holden thinks that the uh, only protomolecule left is the uh, whatever small container he gave to uh he gave to Fred Johnson. AJ. So this is gonna spark another big conflict in this book uh between them, which we'll get into um, in the next chapters. And then also just yeah, sets up uh, sets up some other fun instances, which I think is probably coming up in the next episode of uh, the battle of with the proto molecule. And well, uh, even I wonder if this is from when uh, uh, how we get Miller too. I think it's from this time, but uh, yeah, either way, good stuff. It's great stuff. You know, do we get the ghost? In Not till the end. Not till the, the end. We do though in the end of this one. Hmm? Oh wow! That's end of crazy. this book. Did you mention that the third that there's like a third group here that they assume also was fighting? Yes. Kind. No, okay. I didn't. I did. I did not mention that. Um. Yeah, they did note that. I had that written down, but I don't think I mentioned that. Yeah, it's that they really. They don't even like stick with it that long. It's almost. They're like. The one guy Wendell's like, "Wow, what the fuck kind of grenades do you guys have?" And yeah. then Holden's like. I don't think that was us. And yeah. then they don't really mention it again. And this is like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? What are you guys yeah. talking about? Yeah, it's it's interesting. They're assumedly they think there was another group that like third shooter in the grass. The other fucked everyone up. Yeah, Lee Harvey Oswald out here. Just absolute RKO out of nowhere. Uh and kind of brutally messed everyone up. Lots of uh lots of death. Those, those people that lived through the first fight uh, had a pretty gruesome death. Sure. Third party. I got third parties. <laughs> the classic third party. Yeah, hate, hate getting third party. They need to patch that. <laughs> Ruining the game. Balance. Balance the third parties. Man, so who do you think is the employee of the month this week? Because I've been I've been thinking no, about I, it and I'm not sure. Have you? I haven't been thinking about it. Um, um, you could say. I, you go so, first. Okay, so I'll I'll just go through my thought process here. Yeah, I I it. wouldn't necessarily say anybody in Colden's group is employee of the month. Um, okay. mostly because Holden is not acting. I mean, he did fine, but he didn't do anything special. Naomi didn't help that much. Um, Amos beat somebody to death, and. Prax is Prax. And gave Prax a gun. Fucking and gave Prax a gun. So, so many negative got... points for Amos. This Amos might week. get the Prax award this week. <laughs> he might. He should. Like, 
He yeah. enabled Prax. He enabled Prax. Which is worse than being Prax himself. So I kind of, I almost, you almost got to give it to Avasarla or Bobby. Um, and I, yes. So it's kind of like the LeBron James thing. I think you could give Avasarla the, the award every week almost. Yep. But I don't know if we should. Um, and then Bobby, the only thing is Bobby, all she did was uh, kind of like stand up in the meeting and go, yo, let's talk about this fucking monster. Um, mm-hmm. Which is notable. I mean, it's, it's brave. And, um, but also, important. she's just doing it because she's like literally like bored. She's, and also, what? like, yeah. So I, I think we give it, I think Avasarla, um, even though she's arguably the MVP of every story, every chapter, she, she like basically is stopping a war this whole time. And then so also good. is enabling um, Bobby, which is good. Rogue Bobby. I agree with you. My underdog MVP is Coffee Girl because she gives us the most interesting. Wow, you would, dude. (laughs) We finally have fun info about how the economy works, and I love it. Economy so much. The economy, stupid. Moving parts. So yeah, I I love Coffee Girl and what she does for uh, (laughs) the (laughs) the the, would win and also Bartista. The most powerful man, lady in the galaxy. Impossible to know. Um, but no, but you're right. It's Avasarala, and Coffee Girl comes in as a close second. Uh, love it. Also, Arjun is always Arjun, Arjun could also my always boy. win employee of the week. He's like a nice guy Easily. to get coffee with. Someday. Reading his reading post lyricism. Mm. Reading also lyricism. reading the newspaper. Love it. Um, stuff. Weird. The uh, oh, that's weird. Uh, yeah, we'll give to Avasarla. And is that her first one? Is that her first win? Yes, because before we gave it to Bobby and Katoa Daddy. Oh, it was a joint. It was a joint win. No, no, no. Oh, well, right. there's been two episodes. Oh, there's been two. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, it is, her, and she's only been in this book, so it is her first one. Wow. MVP number one for Avasarla. It's right. We have to like first so of can, many. It's, just, it's the Holden problem. Even She's definitely going to win a lot of them. Holden is going to win a lot next later. Month. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually. And book four. I you could give it to him like every. It's redemption. After yeah. All right. All right. Um. Yeah. Oh. Science Tuesday. Science Tuesday. Even this... though, so this podcast now comes out on Thursday. So. Doesn't matter. It always came out on Thursday. Are we going to keep it? Keep the Science, Science Tuesday, Tuesday name? Yes. It is. I mean, it is. It'll always be Science Tuesday. I don't think we could rename it if we tried. So <laughs> it's, it's, it is what it is. Right? This was it. So we're going to cover this heavy subject, unintended, black holes, black that holes. we are not qualified to cover at all. Speak for yourself. In the. <laughs> In the slightest, um, but uh, black yeah, hole. black black hole, black holes are weird. Um, mostly because we don't know. Like we just like they're they just theoretically are what they are. Like we use math to like explain what we think we know about them, which is fine, but it also is like thought breaking. Um. Uh, it's it's a place 
space-time where gravity is so strong that nothing escapes, including light, which is why it's black. Which is odd to think about and blows your mind. And then you consider that uh, the mass is like so pa- densely packed that like they they say like the mass of like 10,000 suns is in the space of New York City, which is hurts my brain. Like you can't even picture. Uh, it's not possible, yeah. Um, which is nuts. And then some other weird things happens around black holes, like time dilation, and if and it just and nobody knows what happens beyond the event horizon because information can't escape it. Because so it could be anything. There's well, a lot we of weird from, theories. We know from um, what's that movie? Interstellar. Yeah, you Interstellar you actually just go you, behind a bookcase. Yeah, you go behind a bunch of bookcases and then. Your could happen honestly it could because we don't know there's we don't know i mean with math um we think that's probably not what happens but uh math tells us that you probably don't go, <laughs> go behind the bookcases maybe Thank you. Thank but you, it could math. still happen mm-hmm. maybe event horizon is just such a good name for a big scary thing that we don't know. it is scary i don't want to touch the event horizon i would like to go right through it I think you get torn apart with gravity. You just die, right? You just die. Yeah, like there's yeah, because no... the gravity is so strong. It's uh, and they say what that you, uh, what if you had some sort of black hole shell around you counteracting the black hole? I don't think that's that how it works. Into, <laughs> then you would live, maybe. I don't think that's. I don't think that's how it works. Some sort of sort of black hole armor. I don't, I don't know. I don't think. Yeah. That... Food for thought. Food for <laughs> thought. Just think about it. Just think. Put that in your noggin, real quick, real quick. Um, it's uh, it's it's pretty scary. Uh, they have, they are uh, big. Apparently, there's a super massive black hole, which is not just a Muse song, but also uh, a thing at the center of our universe, or not universe of the uh, galaxy that everything is kind of orbiting around, which. Which has the mass of about ten to the tenth power, ten to the tenth suns. A lot. That seems like a lot, isn't it? To the tenth power of a sun or many suns. Either that's, way, it's a lot. It's, it's a big, big hole of energy. Oh, also we energy. So when I said, sorry, what? No, it's okay. Yes. Wait, energy? Were you saying the energy? Uh, I may have misheard you. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I keep going. And apparently, there's there's micro black holes, which are theorized to have only the mass of about the moon, um, but be the size of the radius of 0.1 millimeters, which again hurts my brain. Like, <laughs> wait, wait, what? 0.1 millimeters. So it's 0.1 millimeters across, but has the the mass of the moon. Which breaks my brain. But also just like, it's because so atoms are made up of mostly space. Like it's, uh, we learned this in first grade science class. Well, probably not first grade. Like eighth it's grade. first grade, Spongebob. Like you have the nucleus in the middle, then a shit ton of empty space, and then there's electrons orbiting. And there's also like quarks and a bunch of shit that we're not going to get into because we didn't plan for this. <laughs> but uh, it basically packs those down tighter. And then, yeah, you can put the size of the moon in 
in five millimeters, which again hurts my brain, but it's fine. The the other interesting thing is that black holes um you lose information. So like the Earth, we can kinda tell based on like what what it's made out of and and what things in the Earth, like kind of like how it was formed and what happened. But in a black hole, everything basically gets reduced down to nothing. So you lose anything that falls into a black hole, you, you'd lose all the information about it forever. Which is sad. And, uh, <laughs> so sad. And then eventually everything. the universe will be only black holes. It's like my heart. <laughs> the black holes is dark or my heart is as dark as the black hole black hole conversation got deep it did too deep too deep black holes are I, they're honestly just too confusing to talk about it so i'm just gonna let you keep there's talking. also some weird there's some weird um theory because so again we don't honestly know what's inside a black hole or what the fuck's going on with it but uh we do have some there's some interesting theories that like a black hole is so heavy that it like tears into another universe where there's uh, a white hole that's actually spewing out all the mass, which is funny and would be fun to think about. And that like that's like actually the start of other universes, but again, that's just a made up thing. But it sounds like fun. I'd be sounds, here for it. Certainly sounds interesting. <laughs> certainly sounds like we need it. The information loss paradox. Yeah, that's that's what I was Read talking this? about. Oh, you already talked about this. Okay. Kind of. The question whether information is truly lost in black holes it? has divided the theoretical <laughs> physics community. The theoretical physics community is at war over this. <laughs> friends hate friends. Scary. Sons against fathers. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. That is scary. So, um, so we don't know. In quantum mechanics, loss of information corresponds to the violation of a property called unitarity. I don't know what that is. Oh, basically, it it implies violation of the conservation of energy. Pretty fucked up. Fucked up. Basically, everything with space, I can you can just say pretty fucked up, and that's like an okay response. But honestly, so. Hope you've enjoyed my uh, contribution. Welcome discussion. to the TED Talk. So how does a black hole form? Well, I'm about to blow your mind and explain this horribly wrong. Okay, so most black holes form when a large star dies and creates a supernova explosion. So, and it has to be, notably, it has to be about three times as massive as our sun. Our sun will not become a black hole. I'm sorry. Um, Damn it. Sad. I really wanted that. Super sad. Happen. We will never see it become a black hole. Uh, but but basically how a no, uh, we I think we talked about the sun work kind of, but but basically, um, <clears throat> how the sun works is doing fusion fission. I mess those up all the time. Whatever fusion, and then fission is fission is the splitting of atoms. Yeah, that's like a bomb. Fusion is the combination. Kind of, you're making like heavier elements. So like. Right now what's going on is our sun is hydrogen atoms are compressing into helium atoms and that's giving off a shit ton of energy. Um, and it's actually pushing 
the uh, the sun outward. It's kind of what gives gives the sun its size because without that energy pushing out, it would be very small. Um, which is why, which is why they collapse because it takes more and more energy to do fusion once you start getting up to heavier and heavier metals. Um, so after everything, all the hydrogen compresses, then it goes to helium, which compresses, then it goes to heavier elements, which eventually goes into iron, which can't be fusioned anymore. And uh, then you blow up. <laughs> and then you blow up. Um, but yeah, it keeps collapsing. Uh, if it's if it's really big, it collapses until uh, it can't collapse anymore. And then it uh, becomes a black hole. That probably didn't make any sense. But uh, nice. yep. that is what I understand. Uh, what you understand is what I understand. It's, good, sir. it's pretty wild. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have any more understanding that I can bestow upon you people. So the, the main thing is to always be afraid of being devoured by a black hole. And I live in constant fear of that. Every day, yes. I think about it, and uh, they're they're kind of cool. They're they eat things. You could steal energy from them, maybe someday. Um, That'd be fun. Yeah, cool. It's weird to think about. Weird to think about that bookcase. But yeah, I think that's that's it. That's all I want to do. <laughs> Done. Oh, yeah. So black holes, man. So uh. Where where can the people find us? Oh, where can they not find us? Uh, no, the people can find us at the guys who did this on Facebook and Instagram at guys who did this on Twitter. No, the. You can support the show at the guys who did this on Patreon. And if you have a correction, comment, or question, you can email us at the guys who did this at gmail.com. Have you checked that Gmail? I looked at it. There's no emails. Okay. Bad. Please, please email us. <laughs> <laughs> if you made it this far in the episode, you owe it. You owe it to us. You have a question or a comment. You don't owe us. All right, you're right. But I know you have uh, a question. Honestly, if you want to just email us, tell us that we're idiots for something. That's also totally that's the viable. Point. So you definitely yeah. are angry at something. Yeah. You're like, Dad, like I'm game. Mispronounced Avasarla sixty four times in this episode. Yeah. Um. Count but. The beautiful music for this episode, which we get a lot of compliments for, which is, it's not Sweet. our music. So, but it's brought to you by, or it was rather, Racing Light by Kilobytes from Night Mode Records. So if that's, that's where you search that in Spotify, if you want to listen to more music like that. It's Thank good. you for telling the people. And they let you, they let you nice use Spotify. it DMCA free. They won't copyright you, which is why we're using it, as long as you. Give them credit, which we just did. <laughs> so don't sue us. Uh, yeah. This outro has been fantastic. Wild. It's been so absolutely been wild. So suave, so smooth. <laughs> but yeah, that is gonna do it for us today. I hope y'all have a happy and safe weekend, and we will see you next week. Yep. Bye.